Good morning. Japan by River Cruise is made possible thanks to those who donate to the show at japanbyrivercruise.com and also due to the generosity of our corporate sponsors. Thanks to everyone. This week, we have a message from Ihojini Yasashi Ifudo-san. In a recent survey, nearly half of non-Japanese residents have reported that they have experienced discrimination while trying to find an apartment in Japan. You won't ever need to worry about that with us. At Ihojini Yasashi Ifudo-san, we specialize in properties and services that are perfectly suited to your non-Japanese needs. All of our properties have had the doors resized, the toilets westernized, to the kind of primitive toilets you actually have in the West, and the paper partition shoji have been pre-torn, so you won't feel bad when you rip one while moving in. Plus, as an added bonus, none of our contracts will require you to pay that pesky key money. We'll simply pay it for you, and recoup it by marking up our realtor's fees accordingly. Problem solved! Plus, your new Japanese neighbors have all been given strict instructions to welcome you by greeting you exclusively in English, no matter where you actually come from. Call us today for a free spot at one of our exclusive trash and recycling motivational seminars. We are easy to different countrymen not moving property. Welcome to Japan! Please don't wear shoes in the house. Hello, Brian, and welcome back to Japan by River Cruise. I'm Bobby Judo. And I'm Ollie Horn. And joining us this week is YouTuber, Instagrammer, and former Disney cast member who was actually fired from the Tokyo Disney Sea's boat parade, technically a river cruise, because she insisted on referring to it as Chiba Disney Sea's boat parade. Hannah, thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. <laughs> on this week's show, we'll talk to Hannah about how rural Japan is turning to social media influencers to try to help salvage their suffering tourism economies. On the one hand, it's bad timing because of the corona epidemic, but on the other hand, rural Japan did just find out about social media. Plus, Ali's got your weekly river cruise recommendation. Ali? Yes, this week's recommendation is the Hard Rock Cafe River Cruise, locations all across Japan. I can't vouch for the quality of the ride, service, or food, but the t-shirts they sell on board, in my view, are an invaluable way of letting strangers know that you make boring choices when you go on vacation. Plus, we'll take a look at the proposed route for the Shinzo Abe Prime Ministerial River Cruise, including its stops at the hospital and the bank, but also at the places it doesn't go, like to court for misallocation of funds. But first, Soap Talk. <laughs> Hannah, your video, The Travel Flex, is one of the funniest, <laughs> sharpest, and most beautifully made parodies of travel influencing out there. Uh, <laughs> as an actual travel influencer, though, what made you want to make this video? And was it a challenge to edit that much footage of your own sandy butt? <laughs> First of all, yes, it was a big challenge to edit, like a really uncomfortable challenge of like editing shots of myself that I hated. And I was like, ah, that's too much boob. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's a travel video. Put it in. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I was inspired to make it because um, me and my friends that I made it with, Jess, we would go on trips all of, all of the time. And uh, uh, obviously, we follow a lot of travel influencers on Instagram. And, um, and while we were going on these trips, we would, 
we'd just kind of be reminded of like, oh, this would be a perfect place to run through the autumn leaves and throw it up in slow motion or like, oh, this would be a perfect, but quick, hold my hand, we're running on the beach. Oh. And then uh, we kind of started to see these uh, um, cliches popping up again and again on social media and they just got more and more ridiculous mm. every time. And then um, we were going on a trip to Indonesia anyway to go and see some like beautiful places. And uh, we planned the trip with like a couple of extra days time within the trip and we're like, let's do it. And so I, I wrote, a, wrote a script on the airplane over and, uh, oh man, I must've written it like three or four times. I was like, is this too harsh? Is this too on the nose? So for the viewers that haven't seen this, th this is the script for if travel influencers were honest. That's, that's the premise. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. And our listeners tend to listen for hard-hitting information about the Japanese river cruise industry. But if any of them do happen to mm. like parody or satire, I can't recommend it enough. It's really, really good. <laughs> Thank you. I often feel really guilty that when I travel to do gigs, like I go to some super interesting places, right? I've been to like Nepal, Myanmar, and I do think this would be great to document and, you know, make a cool video mm. about and show a bit of behind the scenes. But like, it takes so much time. Like there are comedians that do this and it's like beyond the full-time job for them to create this content. In addition to doing the actual work, which you're supposed to be doing out there, which is prepare for a show mm. and market a show and, and do a show. So uh, one kind of maybe more somber or sad message is what time do you even have to enjoy these places that you're, that you're going to? <laughs> Honestly, like the, the, the higher quality that my, the, yeah, the higher a quality that my videos get, uh, the less time I have to really enjoy the place, <laughs> which is like, so like when, when I first started making videos, it was just like a little point and shoot camera and I would just, just live my normal life holding it at my chest kind of thing. But sorry, which way was it pointing? At, at, pointing outwards from my chest. Okay, good. Important distinction, <laughs> but not in the travel flex video. That was different. Other way around. Um, <laughs> But yeah, now that I'm I'm trying to make more high quality videos, uh, it yeah, it's it's like it's not a normal travel trip at all. Like when I go on like hiking trips, it's like oh, it's maybe like a three hour hike. But when I'm filming it, it takes like five hours to get yeah. there because you know, you're setting, setting up, up shots things along that kind the way. Of thing. You're, yeah, yeah, and like yeah, you yeah. said, it also changes the way you see it, right? You see things in terms of what yes. would be what would make for a good frame or what would make for a good shot. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. But on the same note, I think uh, a lot of people would say like, oh, like she doesn't even get to enjoy her trips. She probably doesn't even enjoy the travel. She's just doing it for clout or YouTube or whatever. Uh, but honestly, like since starting to make videos and trying to make them better quality and, and trying to learn photography as well, I think I enjoy my trips so much mm. more than I ever used to be because I, I'm having so much fun. Like when I get a great shot, it's like I get so much joy from finding like getting the right shot and getting the right lighting when everything is perfect and it feels great so i feel like i enjoy it more now so are you doing any travel influencing work right now uh no travel influencing work she's doing this podcast bobby this is it <laughs> she's done it hard work hard work <laughs> I, i'm not working with any travel influencing companies at the moment because i actually just got a new job so um the way that my visa is set up, it means I can't work with any other Japanese companies. Mm. So I can still make my own videos traveling around Japan, which I have been doing, uh, but they're not in collaboration with any tourism boards. They're not sponsored. You're not getting money for making them. No, no, except for the usual, um, like maybe Squarespace occasionally or 
the AdSense from that uh, I would already be getting. Actually, actually, I would say that, yeah. was the, that was the one part of your video which I thought, oh, maybe she's parodying Squarespace. Like I even looked at the Squarespace logo <laughs> to see if you changed it somehow or something. Because that's, yeah, like, I mean, that's such a trope as well. A isn't lot it? of people said that in the comment. They were like, wait, wait, the Squarespace ad is for real? I thought she was joking. I was like, <laughs> exactly. No one asked us about our Squarespace ad. Yeah, we did. Not a single person. We did a Squarespace <laughs> ad. Nobody suspected that that was real. <laughs> That's because all of our listeners already have p podcasts and websites for them. <laughs> yeah, they've already signed up. For <laughs> In fact, talking of our listeners and them having podcasts, uh, I, I feel like the embryos have been multiplying because someone who had a podcast now seems to have another podcast. Bobby, should we take a look at the mail? Uh, this is from uh, Joe Bryan, uh, who says, Hello, guys, at Sui Desner, uh, which is top banter. And uh, the message continues with, I'm just checking that your fax machine is still functioning. Yes, thank you, it is. Uh, and it hasn't melted in this at Sui Desner. Also very funny. Uh, also, TB Ean Pod, that's an in-joke, and I have started a new Ishikawa-based podcast. The, the saturated market of Ishikawa-based podcasts uh, is about to team over. Um, called Ishikawa Summit to See, which we've come up with uh, a brilliant and unique concept of a handsome, muscular American guy and a fat, overbearing English guy talking about their lives. I don't get it. <laughs> the twist is that this podcast is underprepared and only accidentally funny, if at all. You said it. Uh, if you read this out, we promise not to dominate the podcast charts. We don't need your promise. Uh, well, good luck with your podcast. I do think anyone that wants to start a podcast should. Uh, I think that anyone that wants to start a second podcast should think really hard. But... <laughs> Uh, one thing I will say is Ishikawa Summit to See. I wanted to hate it. I wanted to hate everything about this. I wanted to hate the fact that previously when we gave you a plug for your other podcast, you at least paid us some money. Um, however, I think Summit to See is a, is a legit good pun. So on that basis, I gave it a listen. Bobby, did you actually understand what Summit to See meant? I didn't. Uh, there is a, a postscript in the mail itself where they explain that in Newcastle, Summit means something. And therefore, our podcast name is Brilliance. Um, oh, that's true, actually. A little, little, yeah. little bit of hyperbole there, but Summit means something. And so Summit to See means something to something see. Something to see. Which I think is the funny, misleading title is nice. Yeah. If, <laughs> if only you'd stopped at your brilliant podcast name. Uh, <laughs> so we'll put that in the box of people that should have bought us a coffee but didn't bobby is there a box of people that didn't need to buy us a coffee but did yes uh someone says came to listen to my neighborhood craft beer guy subscribed for the good humor about living here someone enjoyed the show with matthew boynton from sakamichi brewing i guess they're a regular at sakamichi brewing uh, and they wrote cheers and they bought us a coffee and their username is at it's a curdy nut a curdy nut curdy is uh, nice. a walnut right yeah, well, they actually bought, bought us uh, multiple coffees. I like the fact that Thank they, you very much. They, th that they treat Matthew as the neighborhood craft beer guy. That's such a that's such a nice thing to be. Uh, I'm partial to Daniel. <laughs> um, shall we take a look at the news? Bobby Judo, what's in the news this week? So this week we want to talk about the behind the scenes of traveling, uh, specifically travel influencing in Japan right now. Can it be done responsibly? Are there ways in which it can be a social good 
or do travel influencers all just deserve to die? <laughs> I've, I've checked the YouTube comment section and I have a definitive answer to that third question. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if you check the comments for any YouTube video, someone deserves to die, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, there has been like a lot of conversation and I don't think it's exclusive to just Japan, but, um, you know, obviously everyone's following the people that are around them. So we're talking about Japan and... Um, yeah, a lot of conversation about like, should you even be traveling at all? And, you know, what are the, the responsibilities of influencers that are doing these travels? Um, I, it's like such a complicated issue. Right. And like, I think everyone, it, but it's funny because everyone has, a, has an opinion about it because everyone around the world is going through a very similar thing. One of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this is because we see a lot of Twitter backlash to certain uh, influencers. And I asked for uh, people to remind me of the names of some of the ones who were more controversial. And I heard like uh, the half Japanese, half French guy, Louis San. He did a video in a convenience store where he wasn't wearing a mask and was touching a bunch of stuff, even though like the staff and everybody else was wearing a mask. There was some backlash, I think, that he apologized for. There's another guy named Donnie Kimball, who I guess was potentially an anti-masker and potentially one of those like just let corona wash over everybody and i don't know the actual details of it but from what i've heard he was making regular videos over a long period of time in which he was traveling around mid corona and not taking any precautions whatsoever mm, i think i remember seeing that on twitter uh, and i've actually met donnie a couple of times um on like a, a previous trip um i, I think he wasn't I'm not sure if he was making like complete videos, but posting because it was all, also all of this was happening around uh, Sakura season in Japan, which is of course the most beautiful thing, and everyone who wants to see it. <laughs> uh, but then everyone was saying, "No, you have to stay at home." Uh, and I think he took a couple of photos, like on his break at work or like on his walk to work, like of some of the cherry blossom trees uh, that were weren't incriminating just by nature. But I think some of the comments that he made rubbed people the wrong way. Um, they seemed a little a little too blasé about the whole global pandemic situation, which I think is what a lot of people took most issue mm. with, yeah. And so is the problem here that their viewers are kind of being like vigilante, that they're making sure that they are adhering to the rules. And there's maybe a sense of, well, just because it's your job to show me beautiful places doesn't mean that you're above the rules. Right, yeah. I think that that is probably a big a big part of why uh, people hold travel influencers specifically to such a high standard when they go traveling because a lot of a lot of influencers, the ones that make the bad news, like Logan Paul and Jake Paul and that kind of thing, that do crazy stuff in other countries or in their, their own country. Yeah, I, uh, they I was do actually, feel as though they are gonna, above the law. They <laughs> I was going to make that point. They're like going to a supermarket and forgetting to wear your mask is somewhat of a different degree of transgression than seeking yeah. out a suicide <laughs> victim and documenting their tragic oh, circumstances. Absolutely. Well, yeah, people people see like the, the the bad eggs of the influencing world that uh, that are doing a lot of harm in the industry, and they, I don't know, a lot of people assume that a lot of other influencers are like that, or they they just kind of, I don't know, hold them to a um, uh, what's like a much higher standard, I suppose, where they say like you have to be so responsible in absolutely everything that you do, even though nobody is at that level. <laughs> 
Exactly. And I suppose one of the charms of YouTube videos is they are slightly raw and unedited and they maybe show things that you weren't necessarily planning to see. I really enjoy watching food mm. videos. And I noticed that uh, Kenji Lopez Alt, uh, who's a really, really great YouTuber. I mean, he's not just a YouTuber. He's also an author and does lots of other stuff. He has great videos. But for the longest time, most of his comments were about how mm. he wasn't washing his hands for long enough. Uh because he was doing these live streams where he was cooking <laughs> and uh, you know, he, he wasn't doing the kind of government recommended. And people like the idea that they kind of are telling this expert, hey, you've got it wrong. And I watched a video of his this week where mm. he was doing a kitchen tour of his commercial restaurant's kitchen. And the very last thing he said was, if you spotted any health code violations, then let me know in the comments, which I think is going to be a way of, <laughs> a way of him not getting them. <laughs> like, yeah. I, think, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, th I was thinking about this earlier today, actually. And like, so like there's, there's no secret, I'm not blowing anyone's minds when I say that a lot of what you see on social media is fake, obviously. Um, but I think there's also another added level of like, kind of like show like a performance in a way and it's it's not so much in a performance in the way of like I want to showcase my life and pretend that I'm I'm really rich or my life is amazing it's I'm not even talking about not touching on that at all it's like the show of like making sure that everything you put out is going to mitigate the number of people that are looking for something to just drag you through the mud with right so like a uh, a good example I can think of is like I have a friend who she's an Instagrammer and she has posted a lot in the past about like plastic waste and like around the world. And uh, when she's traveling, she's always trying to uh, like lower her carbon footprint and that kind of thing, trying to be responsible in that way. Um, and we got a drink at a bar and she forgot to tell the bartender no straw, but he'd already put the straw in. And so by that point, the straw was dirty. And if she took it out, he would just throw it in the trash. What's the point? So she got the drink. She was like, oh, I forgot to tell the bartender that I didn't want a straw. But she had already taken a photo of it on her phone. She was going to put it up to Instagram story. And then she thought, oh, no, wait, I'll take it again. She took the straw out and then took the photo, then put that up on Instagram stories. And she was like, I know that seems really fake. But she's like, like, it was an honest mistake that I forgot to ask for him for no straw. But I know that if I put up a photo with me with the straw in it, everyone's going to attack me for it. So there's like a certain level of like show that everybody is has to show that I'm wearing a mask and I'm social distancing and I'm doing everything that I can, even though it's it's kind of not even possible to social distance when you go to the grocery store in Japan, yeah, the tiny aisles. and But nobody is perfect, but you have to pretend like you are like you are doing everything that you possibly can on social media so that you don't get attacked. <laughs> I do feel a bit sorry for your friends because this is a problem that she has created herself that if she had spent the last couple of years saying I try my best to not use a plastic straw but sometimes it's unavoidable then maybe her followers would have been accepting of there being a plastic straw and she wouldn't have even ha have had to go through this. And I don't think Hannah was necessarily saying that her friend was pretending to perfection or was presenting herself as perfect at all at all times. It seems like it was a situation yeah, yeah. where like it, it was a mistake, but mm. she couldn't acknowledge that mistake without opening herself up to this horrible attack. I, I guess my I guess my general point is that if only if only we had a means by which we presented ourselves as the flawed individuals that we are. Currently social media just doesn't allow mm. us to do that. So I think that's what that's what's sad. It's it's really hard to do that and it's something like I I try to do my best in saying like I think that we can do better and I think that uh you know we can do we can travel more responsibly mm. but it's not it's not easy and it's not possible 100% of the time however once you put any kind of opinion once you set any kind of standards for yourself people will try to hold you to that at 
all times and the internet is ruthless. Right, and they have fun doing it. Just to bring it back to travel, um, I think in the past, we've talked about how people are struggling with three different things during the corona pandemic. One, how to be responsible as it pertains to corona. Two, how to keep earning enough money to stay afloat. And three, how to enjoy their lives. And I think when people look yeah. at travel influencers, they probably think that that it's about them enjoying their lives. It's about them having fun and finding a way to mm. kind of like game the system so now that they can get all these great experiences and free travel and, and stuff like that. And they're living these fantastic yeah. lives and gaining clout and getting all this enjoyment out of it. But I, I think having seen some of the behind the scenes that it's generally more about livelihoods. I think the people who are, mm. there's such a backlash to it, but people don't necessarily realize that these are people who are trying to maintain their main sources of income or significant sources of income that support their livelihoods. And I think a lot of the people who are, who are behind the backlash in Japan might also not know that these influencers are being asked to come to these rural areas who really are struggling mm. to salvage their tourism economies right now and they don't know a better way to yeah. do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, like, at the start of the pandemic, like, before everything really, really blew up. Uh, by the way, we are still at the start of the pandemic. I'm sorry to announce. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> that's very true. Uh, but, like, wh while everything was beginning, like, the every like there was so much conflicting evidence from like the experts and from the government and like we're still getting like conflicting opinions from the government being like do the go-to travel but then the second wave hit and then they're like don't go out during Oban and then go to bed early can't stay up past 8 p.m there's all of these conflicting messages everyone's like I don't know should I go out should I stoke the economy like I don't know what to wear do. a mask and, except uh, when it's hot and then take it off but then put it back on yeah exactly don't want to get heat stroke yeah yeah and so like I think at the start of the pandemic when everything was blowing up I think we were right to to follow the advice to stay home and to you know to follow just to follow the advice and be very responsible and stay home because we didn't know the extent of how bad it could be and we, perhaps we still don't uh, but we didn't know how how the world was going to react to it like what the best uh, the best way to deal with it is so I think it was right to just follow that advice at the start but now that we've had like a a bit more time to know what the death rate is like in Japan and and how fast it spreads in Japan, how fast it doesn't. I think there is a bit more leeway to to be able to travel in a responsible way and not to you don't just run to uh, Shibuya Crossing or anything yeah. like there's there's places to go to um, that would be a good way to help help the economy in a way and help these people that are really struggling. When the pandemic first kicked off, we saw this huge explosion in every single media outlet, like newspapers, TV shows, websites. That bus company that, that actually booked you as an influencer for to take that bus oh, experience, yeah. they never got off the ground. It was a bus, not a plane, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> they pivoted to takeout and introducing takeout. And so when the pandemic kicked oh, off, wow. everybody was like, we need to focus on takeout. And you saw a huge Instagram mm. explosion there too. But now I've seen the tourism Instagram, the travel Instagram in Japan, there's been a huge pivot to nature and outdoor mm. stuff. I think it might actually be, a, I think they're right. Like it's a, it's a good time to encourage people to go out and see nature because before, like when you could go to all of these big events and like festivals and that kind of thing, like the other exciting things seem so much more exciting to go and travel to than like going out to the countryside in Japan. Whereas now everyone's kind of looking looking forward to just getting out away from people and being able to travel 
where you're not surrounded by so many people. Yeah. So now kind of is the right time to be promoting like countryside and like nature and hiking and that kind of thing. I totally agree that people who are doing it irresponsibly, like the guy who went into the convenience store without the mask and, and you know, somebody who is saying, you know, screw the precautions, throw the precautions to the wind. I'm still going around the country. I think that's irresponsible and it should be called out. But yes, my personal experience, I saw when I was asking for names of people who had seen Backlash, somebody started talking about the Donnie Kimball story. And I was reading through their mm. accounts of the story. And in my mind, I was like, oh, this piece of shit. What a horrible piece of <laughs> shit. What's the story? This was the... The story that they said was that this guy was traveling around regularly without wearing a mask, without taking oh, okay. precautions. Okay. The one that we mentioned earlier in the, mm. in the show. Got it. So in my head, I was like, oh, this piece of shit. You know, what a horrible human being. And then a few more messages later, somebody said something about Michaela. And instantly I was like, yes. I, I know her. She didn't do anything wrong. And she <laughs> 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 comes to her defense immediately. She's an angel. Yeah. How dare you? It really <laughs> struck at home to me, like how we don't know anything about these people. We don't know their backstories. We don't of know course. if they were yeah. hired by somebody to do this who really needed the help. or And, and mm. it's so reactionary. And also, we don't know how much they've thought about it. Because there's the Anthony Bourdain problem, isn't there? That once you recommend a little uh, hidden joint, all of a sudden it becomes so popular that... Uh, it, it ruins them, right? So Anthony Bourdain knew that mm. as he got bigger, he had a responsibility to promote certain kinds of restaurants or certain areas in general or certain kinds of tourism rather than specific locations. And certainly, mm. if the correct public policy thing is to have people to continue to exercise, then obviously travel influencing is a good way of spreading that message. And if people are engaging mm. in this in kind of a positive way, thinking about the effect it has on public policy, then I guess it's something that should be celebrated. That influencers do demonstrably have influence over people and can nudge people yeah. to make better decisions. Mm. I, I have a, actually, I made an entire video about sustainable tourism and like how, uh, how travel, how influencing is like affecting the tourism industry. And once you recommend a place too many times, then just that place gets overrun. And there's like this huge bottleneck of tourists all trying to get the same photo at the same place. Um, and yeah, I, I touched on like exactly the same issues and the, the kind of the worries that I have, like if I, like the, uh, the effects of the videos that I make, like if I'm recommending a place, will it, am I going to be causing more damage than I am good? And it, it was kind of like a conscious decision to then make sure that I'm not recommending places that are, I don't know, like too, too easy to become like crazy overpopulated, like and now a lot of the places that I go to are really off the beaten track and they're like a little more difficult to get to. Um, and they're places that could really do with the tourism. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's a really tough one. But also at the same time, I feel like a lot of people sometimes overestimate the amount of influence that influencers have. Like if I put out a video that has 100,000 views uh, and a lot of people are like, wow, this looks amazing. It's on my list. Like, I don't know, how, like... If like even 1% of all of those people go to the place, that's still not enough to overpopulate it. And I don't think that 1% of people are all going to be going and they're also not all going at the same time. It's yes. like on their list, it's creating like like a brand awareness in a way, but like prefectural awareness, I suppose. I guess something which we talked about in the extras, which if you're interested in this topic, you might want to download this week, is about how prefectures and destinations will pay for influencers yeah. to go. And I think that they... Maybe they don't understand that, just as Hannah said, this is a form of long-tail marketing. This is not like you see an advert for a really good knife 
and then a, a good promo video of how nicely it chops onions. And then within 15 seconds, you've already added it to a cart and bought it. That's not how this works. Mm. Yeah. What happens is it creates a no. general impression of a place. And maybe yes. people bookmark the video, but actually people aren't acting on this immediately, are they? And that's exactly something that I try to do with my channel as well is like when you're going to a lot of like off the beaten track places and discovering places that no one has really heard of before, I... It, all it's basically doing is showing people that like, hey, there's more to Japan than Tokyo and Kyoto and Hiroshima. There's there's so many incredible places that you could go to. And if you spread out everybody's points of interest across the whole country, then there is so many less issues than what we currently see in Kyoto. Well, not currently right now, yeah. but maybe like last year, <laughs> uh, the, the issues of over-tourism that you see. So... Yeah, you ju if you just kind of open people's eyes to the kinds of things that you could see in other places, then you can kind of mitigate the damage that could be done. That would be done anyway, because people will be coming to Japan regardless of whether a travel influencer is showing it or not. So it does serve a general purpose overall. It could benefit the tourism industry nationally as a whole. It could also serve a very specific purpose and benefit the local areas that are asking for you know promotion. Um, yes. But also... I think an element that people overlook is that social influencing for a lot of people and the people who are still doing it might also be doing it out of necessity because it is their livelihood. And yeah, if yeah. you've, I mean, it's, it's a great job to have, I think, if you can get it. But if that's your job and all of a sudden the pandemic takes it away, it is not that easy to just start doing something different in the middle of a pandemic to earn your living. Yes, and I can speak from experience by saying that thing shouldn't be a podcast. Hey, thanks very much for listening to this episode 51 of Japan by River Cruise. Just three more episodes to go till that magical 54 episode milestone. Thanks to everyone who's bought us a coffee. We genuinely appreciate it. Uh, I cannot wait for 54. Thank you very much again to our guest this week, Hannah Price. Hannah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really do enjoy all of your videos. Can you tell our listeners where to find them? I can. It's YouTube. Easy. Next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, just go to YouTube, that little search bar at the top. Just type currently Hannah. <laughs> uh, if you want um, two videos that are like very uh, similar to what we were talking about today, I have a video on sustainable tourism. And I have another video about how Instagram is changing travel. So go check oh. them both out. I think you will enjoy them. Yeah. Oh. Thank you so much for having me on the yeah, show. It was really fun. come back anytime. And Brian's, thank you for yeah. listening. We will see you next week. <laughs>